the Lord this evening and we just welcome everyone to the service and just hope you came prepared to jump right in and give him some glory tonight. Amen. Let's sing that song, The Power of His Love. Amen. Q of G. Oh Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed and re- Flowing from the grace that I found in you. And Lord, I've come to know the weakness 
faces I see in me will be stripped away by the power of your love and hold me close and let your love surround me oh me draw me to your side
Let's sing this song together. We're going to speed it up a little bit. Key of F. I found the way that leads to endless day. Amen. I have found the way that leads to endless day. Yonder in the glory land. And the road is bright for Jesus is the light. And I hold his guiding hand. Well, I have found the way. Oh, I have found the way. Oh, glory, hallelujah. For I have found the way. Well, I will never is so near, I will bravely meet the foe, and happy songs I'll sing in honor of the King, and to glory onward go. journeys in led by a faithful friend evermore in sin to roll by the way called straight I'll reach the golden gate of the soul's eternal home well I have found the way oh I Yes, I have found the way, will I have found the way, oh, I have found the way, oh, glory, hallelujah, oh, I have found the way, just a little while. Just a little while to stay here Just a little while to wait Just a little while to labor In the path that's always straight Oh, just a little more of trouble in this low and sinful state, then we'll enter heaven's portals, sweeping through the pearly gates. Well, soon this life will all be over, and our pilgrimage will end. Soon we'll take our heavenly at home again with friends, and heaven's gates are standing open, waiting for our entrance there, some sweet day we're going home. 
All the beauty's there to destroy. Oh, just a little while to stay. Just a little while to wait. Oh, just a little while to labor. In the path that's always straight With just a little more of trouble In this low and sinful state Then we'll enter heaven's portal Sweeping through the pearly gate Soon we'll meet again our love Take them by the hand Soon we'll press them to our bosom Over in the promised land Then we'll be at home forever Throughout all eternity What a blessed, blessed that eternal morn will be Oh, just a little while to stay here Just a little while to wait Just a little while to labor In the path that's always straight Of trust in this low and sinful state, then we'll enter heaven's portals, sweeping through the pearly gate. Oh, when we all get to heaven, just that will be when we all. And shout the victory Sing the wondrous love of Jesus Sing His mercies and His gifts In the mansions bright and blessed He'll prepare us a place Oh, when we While we walk this pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow or a sign. Yes, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Let us then 
be true and faithful, trusting, serving, oh, every day, just one glimpse of Him in glory, will the tolls of life repay, oh, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Sing and shout the victory So onward to the prize before us Soon His beauty will be whole Soon those pearly gates will open We shall tread the streets of gold And when we all get to What a day of rejoicing that will be When we all see Jesus We'll sing and shout the victory Amen. Could we praise Him? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We love you, Lord Jesus. And we're going to change the service just a moment here before we take our special needs. Let's sing that song, He Paid a Debt He Did Not Owe. Amen. Key of C. He paid a debt He did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, amazing grace, all day long, Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay, first verse, he paid a debt at Calvary, cleansed my soul and set me free. I'm glad that Jesus did all my sins erase. Oh, I now can sing a brand new song, amazing grace. All day long, Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never not pay and I needed someone to wash my sins away and now I sing a brand new song amazing grace all day long Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never had in your life. Amen. We couldn't make it on our own. Man, we couldn't save ourselves. But I'm thankful that He reached down His love and mercy and washed us of our sins. Man, 
We're going to take these special needs to the Lord at this time. And if you have a need on your heart, be holding that. And I'd like to ask Brother Peter Coffey if he would make his way to the front and take these needs to the Lord. And I want to remember the Whitlock family who are not with us at this time. If you would, and uh, also keep Brother Keith in your prayers. He's also not with us. Uh, Brother Matt and his family, uh, they just had the baby recently. They're also not with us, if you'll remember them. Um, we were asked to remember Brother Brian McCall. He's got some tests and procedures to go through. If you'll keep him in your prayers. And then I have a prayer request for Sister Florence, who's not feeling well. Also, uh, Isaac Clayville is not feeling well. If you'd pray for him. Um, Sister Rachel uh, Coffee also is not with us at this time. If you'll pray for her. Uh, the Florians are away. They're not with us. If you remember them in prayer. Um, pray for Sister Sherry Holly, my aunt, and if you keep her on your heart. I remember Sister uh, Sierra Johnson, man, just right on the cusp of having her baby. If you just remember uh, her in prayer, uh, also keep Sister Cindy uh, Walters in your prayers. I have a special need here for her. And if you have unspoken prayer requests, by the uplifted of hands, Amen. God knows your needs, and we'll be praying with you, Amen. Come on, Brother Peter. Let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Lord Jesus, what a, an honor and a privilege it is tonight, Lord, that we can gather in your house once again on a Sunday. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for each one that's gathered here this evening. Lord, it's a, a, a sacrifice, but one that we're so happy to make, Lord, to be in your house. And not knowing how long we'll have this opportunity to, to do this, Lord, we've seen situations in the past couple of years where these things can be taken away from us, Lord, and we don't take it for granted even for a moment. And for those who couldn't be here this evening, Lord, we pray you bless them abundantly, those who might be streaming. We lift up especially those who are sick tonight. There's so many needs here on this list in front of me. We think of the, the Whitlocks and Brother Keith who's traveling, the Cross family who's sick, Sister Rachel who's home not well, the Florians, Lord, it's just many others that, that I don't recall. You know, each and every one, Lord, you know what the need is and what 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 troubles each one, if it's financial or, or sickness or spiritual, mental. You have each one of those under your complete control, and we commit it to you and lift it up before you and place it completely into your hands. And, Father, I just pray for this service tonight that you administer to us, that you speak to us, whatever you'd have for us to hear. Lord, bless the minister as he prepares and as he comes out. Father, I pray you just give him words to speak. Bless the musicians, Father, and all the work that they do this evening. Lord, as we invite your spirit into the and your presence into the church, Lord. I pray, Father, as well, that you'd forgive us of anything we've done wrong. Lord, anything that we've we've said or 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 done, Lord, that would be displeasing to you. Tonight, Lord, I just pray you'd, you'd place it under your blood, Lord, and help us to stand. Uh, Lord, just let us stand completely clean and pure in your eyes tonight that we can receive whatever you'd have for us. And we, again, we just commit the service into your hands. We love you. We thank you for all these things. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Peter. You can have your seats. We'll just sing a few worship songs here and just let the Holy Spirit touch your heart and deal with you. Amen. Just before the word, and had this song just moves me so as the deer pants over the water. As the deer panteth o'er 
The waters, oh my soul, longeth after Thee, and You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship Thee. For You. strength my shield and you alone does my spirit yield oh you alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship And you're my friend, and you are my brother, even though you are a king. And I want you more than any other, so much more than strength my shield to you alone does my spirit yield you alone are my heart's desire and I Bless your name. Submit. 
for the word so let's just give our full attention amen and you just pull on the gifts and just because it's sunday evening doesn't mean it's any different than wednesday night or sunday morning man god has a blessing in store for you man there's something in there for each and every one of us if we just pull and have expectation amen let's sing this together as our pastor comes he is able Accomplish what concerns me today. He is able, more than able, to handle anything that comes my Much 
Let's go to Matthew chapter 25. We'll let our musicians take their places tonight. And we want to say thank you for their part today. Really enjoyed the music and the worship. Sounds so nice. Matthew chapter 25. Let's read beginning at verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Teach us, show us, help us to understand. In Jesus' name we pray. You may be seated. God bless you. A couple of quick announcements here, and let's just jump right in. Nice to be here on a Sunday evening. And uh, it's a little more... Um, I don't know, I have good memories of Sunday night church, and uh, it's just nice to be gathered together this evening. I don't intend to be long at all. I've said that before, uh, but I don't intend to be long here. I just uh, really want to deal with a scriptural lesson. A couple of quick announcements, though, before we get going here. I don't feel like I'm turned on here. I'm, I'm loud. Can you hear me? You all right? Uh, we are... Uh, we're being asked to remember Sister April Grant. She's uh, accepted an invitation to go to Ukraine again. And uh, uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of very touchy things that are happening in Ukraine these days. And uh, uh, when we get able to do it, we'll share some of those things with you. But uh, we would ask you to just to remember her in prayer. And then hopefully when we get Brother Costia down here, he's going to tell us a little bit more about uh, some of the inside, what's going on. Sister Angie Pritchard is not here today. Her uncle passed away, and she's in Georgia for the funeral. Uh, Sister Madeline Irish is not here. She's in Arizona, right? And uh, we want to remember her. Also, as well, uh, we are asked to remember uh, the saints in Alaska. I finally got some pictures through from Brother Andrew, but I never got them in time uh, here to show you, but uh, the devastation was pretty dramatic in Chivak. He said that Hooper Bay was worse, and Hooper Bay is closer to the ocean. It looks like Chivak is surrounded by ocean, and they're not on the coast. Uh, it, it's pretty dramatic what happened there. Uh, I don't know if you saw your headlines on CNN or somewhere like that, but they're 100% without power. Uh, uh, Hurricane hit there uh, hours ago, and they're completely blacked out. And then there was a 7.0 earthquake that took place as well. I, I hope you're not, I hope you weren't feeling good before you came to church tonight. Um, but uh, there's, it's just incredible all the things that are taking place. One last thing I wanted to mention to you was that uh, we, we uh, I would. We're probably going to schedule to take an offering for Brother Burley. And Brother Burley's been through two surgeries already, one for his eye, which is the accident, one for the oral problems that he had. Both of those surgeries are done, but they're going to have to go back and do another eye surgery on him because 
he has developed cataracts over cataract over the injured eye, and I th- um, they need to operate and go in and take care of that. So he's been waylaid a little bit longer than what he uh, expected, and um, financially that's hard for him. He's a worker, and uh, we we certainly uh, want to hold him up in prayer, and uh, we're going to be trying to do what we can to help Brother Burley. Um, I uh, wanted to just share with you a couple of photographs here, and this is uh, Brother Aaron sent me these photographs, and I'm not really sure where these are. Sister Trish, I don't know if you know where they are, but they're Zimbabwe, and they're in the middle. Uh, they're in a remote area. You can see by the roof of the church there. And these believers have received uh, Church Age books and Seals books. That's a red and a blue. And uh, they were very happy about receiving those today. And uh, so we're very thankful. And today with technology, you know, I mean, this can happen in the morning and we get the pictures in the evening. It's really great uh, to be able to share those with you. Now, um, I, we use this scripture this morning. And I want to uh, turn your attention here now to the word. And we want to... Uh, just look into this uh, this evening here without being lengthy at all. Uh, and we want to look at an aspect of mercy that uh, coming, out of, coming at this whole idea from or this uh, teaching from a different angle here. We're going to be talking about the wise and the foolish virgins t- uh, this evening here. And even if we don't get it finished, we'll uh, at least open up the door to that topic because it's an interesting topic. And for some reason or another, there have been uh, groups in the past that made this uh, teaching a little bit controversial, and I'm not really sure why, but we want to stay close to the mountain and uh, follow along the things that have been given to us out of the scripture. Jesus taught on this, and uh, Brother Branham, of course, had many things to say. But I want you to be clear on basic doctrines that relate to the end time, and I think that's really important. We want to understand and make sure that we're clear about things, for instance, like the mark of the beast, and we've done a little series on that a little while back. Because there's all kinds of things uh, being attributed to what is the mark of the beast. And sometimes it's important for you to know what is not the mark of the beast. Like people said the vaccine was the mark of the beast or getting COVID was the mark of the beast. And all kinds of things that are out there, tattoos, implants, uh, you know, chips and all kinds of things. Sometimes it's good to just know what it's not. It's not any of those things I just mentioned, Right. And uh, we've, we did, I did a little series on that, and I, I, I hope that's, that's clear to you. But we're living in a season where the mark of the beast is going to be very important because there's all kinds of people going to attempt to interpret parts of Scripture related to the end time. And without a prophet, they can be close, but uh, they can miss the mark, and we don't want to do that. So I want your understanding to be crystal clear about things that are related to the end time. So the mark of the beast is one of them. The resurrection is another one. Uh, the book of Revelation in general, what pertains to us and what doesn't. Uh, the foolish and wise virgins, as we're going to be talking a little bit about tonight, about Rome and about the Antichrist and the part they play and the Pope and all of that. I think all of those things are very important to us. But I, I appreciate God's grace and mercy to us in the last day because he's given us such great insight. He's given us a lot of light. He's given us a lot of understanding and insight into uh, what things really mean. Brother Branham said it this way in Watchman, What of the Night. It just seems that God always sends forth a messenger. It's his goodness and his grace to give the true in heart a warning of things that are approaching. That's God's grace that gives us a warning of things approaching. 
I'm so glad that in this day we're living now that when gloom and darkness on every hand, there seems to be a blessed hope gripping the heart of God's people that some glorious hour Jesus shall arrive. Now, in another place, Brother Random said there's a lot of fear gripping the hearts of people in the world. But I'm glad that there is a hope that grips the heart of God's people that lets us know that this must be the hour when it's all going to wind up. And truly, that's where we've come to. So we have a completely different expectation than the people in the world about what is uh, what has actually taken place. Now, when it comes to the parable of the, ma- of the wise and foolish virgins here, Jesus likens this, first of all, to the kingdom. Jesus talked more about the kingdom than he did about this earth. Because the kingdom was the destiny. The kingdom is the destiny. It's where we're going. In my father's house are many mansions. And there is a specific place for you. And Jesus' whole mission was about making sure we had a way back to the kingdom. And so he talked many times about it. There are 23 different parables in the book of Matthew. 11 of them are unique. They're not found in any other gospel. And so Jesus used parables to help us understand things that are hard to understand in a way that is easy to understand. One of those ways is the story of the wise and the foolish virgins. Let's take a look. Now, the scripture says that uh, when it comes to the description of these uh, foolish and wise virgins, five of them were wise, five were foolish. Verse 3, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their lamps, with their lamps, and while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. They're all of the same quality of people, They're all expecting or looking for the same thing, right? These are not people out looking for a good time. These are people who are looking for the bridegroom to come. And so there's a common thread that runs between the wise and the foolish virgins here. And at midnight, verse 6, there was a cry made. In other words, everything rolls on the same until the very end, until the midnight hour. And the last of it there, that's when the divergence comes. If you go to John chapter 13 and Jesus' parable about the world, and he talks about, you know, the, uh, the, why don't we take a look? Why don't we take a look? I think that would be good. Because if you're trusting in my memory, you're more foolish than me. John chapter 13. <laughs> and guess what? It is in John chapter 13. The parable of the sower and the seed. Matthew 13. If you trust in my memory, you're more foolish than me. Sorry, I know this, where this is. Matthew chapter 13. So Jesus tells us now in this uh, in this parable, he's sitting by the seaside, and he sees a man out there sowing, and uh, he, he gives to them a, a parable of the sower and, he's, and, and the, the reaping and the harvest and the end time. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13 and verse 29. And they asked him, they said, because there's weeds and, and wheat in the same field and both growing, he said, the disciples asked and said, well, shall we pull up the the weeds? And he says, no, verse 29, nay, while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather you together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. When does it happen? It happens all at the very end, at the harvest time. 
So this, this uh, significance is important because all of the wise and foolish virgins, everybody's moving in the same expectation in the same direction until the very end. And then in the end, there's a separation that's made. In this case here, or in this description, the separation is made because of the voice that comes and identifies the bridegroom. Then they realize, okay, the foolish virgins realize we don't have oil, we're going to have to go get it. And so in that time, in that time, the bridegroom comes. And in verse 13, Jesus ends the parable and says, Watch ye therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. Thank God for a prophet in the last day. Because there's a lot of people don't even know we are here at this particular junction in time. What an important junction of time that we've come to. So let's take a look here at some of the statements here. Just so we can wade into this, we'll see how far we can go. Brother Branham says, now what troubles me in this hour is knowing all these denominations pulling into this, what you call the latter rain or the pouring out of the Spirit. And he said, do you realize that Jesus said that when that come to pass, it would be the end? So here's Brother Branham standing on the earth in 1965, and he's looking out, and he's seeing that, uh, you know, there, there have been a number of significant ministers and ministries that have come since the turn of the century. From Azusa Street till 1965, there's been some significant single personality ministries that have come through the land. Okay? And now he says there is this, uh, divergence here. There's this, there's this, all of a sudden there's people out there looking for, uh, looking for, uh, understanding. They're looking for stimulation. They're looking for revelation here. And they're looking in the latter rain movement, which is a very strong movement. Some of you are very familiar with the latter rain movement, the latter rain people. Uh, and then he says there's the, you know, the pouring out of the Spirit, and he said, do you, do you realize that this is a sign? It isn't just a, a phase here, but this is actually a sign. And the foolish, when the wise and foolish virgins, he said, were not heirs together. The foolish virgin, she was a virgin just lacking oil, but when she come to buy oil, it was at that time that the bridegroom came. So there's a uh, very important events that take place right at this particular time. And she was left out trying to buy oil. Surely I won't have to move that subject any further. Neither can the spiritual and the natural be heirs together. All right, so let's look at some of the questions that were asked, Brother Brandon, because in this uh, context, he said when people are going different way, and I will tell you that the latter rain movement was a pretty powerful movement. A lot of people uh, you know, were, were really wanting the latter rain movement to be something it was not. And, and so this was a very popular thing, very close to what we would refer to as the message and Brother Ram's ministry. And uh, there was a lot of people who were influenced by that. And as a matter of fact, it's still even talked about today uh, in Canada and some different places where it originated. And uh, there were people who were very close to Brother Branham who were a part of that. So th- there were several questions that were asked to Brother Branham about the wise and foolish virgins because people wanted to know, well, am I in this group or that group? And if I'm in that group, is it okay because... If I'm a foolish virgin, well, they're going to make it in anyway. They're just going to make it in later, so it would be okay to be. Uh, whether I'm one or the other really doesn't matter. Uh, so Brother Manum was careful to teach us about this subject here. And they asked him the question in 1964. And pause for a second. In this service tonight, it's going to be important for you to take note of the dates. Okay? The dates matter here. And I'll explain that in just a moment. They asked him in 1964, COD, where are the foolish virgins during the millennium? And he said, in the millennium, they're in the grave. For the rest of the dead live not for a thousand years. Now, the wise virgin is not there, but the foolish virgin is. 
So they did not enjoy the millennium. Brother Branham, 1961. What happens to the people that are considered the sleeping virgin when they are judged at the judgment? He says, well, the sleeping virgin will be saved, of course. She'll be saved at the judgment. But she'll never be the bride. But she is a saved group of people that will come in the judgment that will, be in, that will not be included in the bride. Everybody okay? Sometimes I say my words a little backwards here. But she will never be the bride and will not be included in the bride, but she'll be there. I maintain she'll be there. And to me, this is an expression of God's mercy because these are people who did not accept the message of the hour as the message of the hour was presented. In other words, they would have a different view about the light of the hour than you would. And yet God makes a way to include them. And I think that's pretty gracious. This is, a, this is kind of one of those, the, those places where uh, you, we're going to have to leave this to God, you know, and, and how, he, how he decides about things here. But as long as they're virgins, they're before God. They are to be saved. He separates. They'll be the sheep on his right side. The unsaved will be the goats on the left of the great white throne judgment. So there's going to be things that happen at the judgment that, uh, you know, probably we haven't uh, all calculated or figured out. And I've said before, and I'll say it again, I'm glad I'm not God, because he'll have to make decisions about people that would be very difficult, humanly speaking, for us to make about people. But why people do certain things and why you know, they reacted in certain ways, uh, there's always a backstory. How many agree? There's always a backstory about what really happens and what really takes place. And many, many times we don't know the backstory. We don't know the, you know, the details of the backstory, what, what's gone on. And therefore, it's good for us to be swift to hear, slow to speak. Because you can put your proverbial foot in your proverbial mouth and really wish you had not said what you just said because you don't know the backstory. But with God, there are no backstories. It's all present with him. And so, therefore, he understands and he knows. Now, <clears throat> let's take a look here in the voice of the sign. He said, when the time of the promise drew nigh, that's when God put Moses on the scene. Moses, in his absolute failure, had went into the wilderness. His failure was when he attempted to uh, deliver the children of Israel, remember, and kill that Egyptian? Remember that? Thought he had done it in private. And so, based on that, he fled the country. And he said, in that time, a nation out of a nation, a beautiful type of today, that God is calling his bride out of a church, a Christian bride out of a Christian church. Do you believe that? So there is a church and a bride. Do you agree? There's a church and a bride. Now, it's called sometimes the chosen, the elect, or the remnant of the woman's seed. It's called a bride, what God by his foreknowledge ordained to be. That is, the bride comes out of the church. The whole thing is a church, but God takes the people out of that church as a bride. The elected will be brought out of the church. The church natural will stay here through the tribulation. So, thank you. I'll take my place in the bride. Under no circumstances. Brother Branham put it this way. It's pretty graphic. But he said, cut me open and pour hot lead over me. He said, 
I wouldn't want to face the judgment. I wouldn't want to face the wrath of God. That's what he said. So I'll take the way with the Lord's despised few. Uh, I'll take my place with the bride of Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for choosing me. And uh, I would not want to go any other way. I'm so grateful that God has uh, called me as a part of his bride. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. I'm not always real happy with me, but I'm glad that God chose me. I'm glad that what God predestinated me to be. I hope you are too. Now, where this idea of this distinction came is right here in the first seal. And this is 1963. This is pretty critical. Brother Bram's moving into the revelation of the seven seals here. And uh, stay with me now because I'm not going to be long. But I just want to make this distinction right here. And Brother Branham, is, uh, he realizes that this uh, set of sermons here in March 1963 is truly a turning point. He had indicators that there was coming a turning point, but this is the turning point. This is the place where you actually have to take the wheel and go in another direction because we're not building a wall, we're building a building, and, and now all of a sudden we're turning. He knows there's going to be a lot of people left behind. He knows that this is a change in the ministry that eluded him. He never really understood it, but he knew it was coming. First pull, second pull, and third pull, whatever that is. We know now it was the opening of the word and the mysteries revealed and so forth. All of that came forth in, in, after the opening of the seals. From this point on, his ministry is different. From this point on, uh, he's talking to the bride directly, and this becomes, uh, in, a, in a very scriptural sense, it becomes a special season where he begins to minister to the bride of Christ. Are we okay? Now, <clears throat> this is the place where you think, wow, those denominational churches have got it because they serve coffee, and everybody's able to have coffee in the evening service. But either way, I want you to watch now what he says here. Some of you didn't even get that. Brother Branham says in this first seal sermon, he said, now he said the thunders would be, he doesn't mention the word thunders. I put that in there because if you go back in the previous paragraphs, that's what he's explaining. And he said it would be made known in the last day, but it come forth in the church symbol. Well, everything in the book of Revelation was a symbol, right? So he's there now with an understanding of what the book of Revelation is really about. And he did not have a good understanding or a perfect understanding of the book of Revelation prior to the opening of the seals because he identified some of those symbols incorrectly, right? By his own admonition. I'm not criticizing Brother Branham, but he said that the white horse rider was the Holy Spirit at one point. And so all of a sudden now the pillar of fire comes into the room and shows him and tells him what the first seal is. He's got a definitive understanding now of the first seal. And he said, now, it would be known in the last days, but it'll come forth in a symbol. Do you understand, church? It comes forth in a symbol of a church that they knew there is, they know there is a seal, but just what it is yet, they don't know because it's a white horse rider. So we have the symbol, but we don't have the interpretation of the symbol. And it's only to be revealed in the last day when this actual seal is broken. So nobody can know until the seal is actually opened up. Guess what? We're here. That's what he's saying. We're here now. In the March 1963, it's opened. Broken to who? Not to Christ, but it's open now to the church. Oh, my. I hope that the church really understands it. See what I mean? You people, he's talking about. He said, I'm calling you bride that you'll understand it. 
And this is where he first makes a distinction between church and bride. So the church is still in existence. It's still, the Laodicean church is still around when this seal is opened. But everybody in the church is not privy to the understanding the same as the bride is. Now, look, we could shut it down and go home now and head to Cracker Barrel and we'd be happy tonight just knowing that. Right? Because this is what, this is what Brother Branham is, he, he's, he's identifying that there is a church in the last day. But in that church, there is a group of people who we'll now refer to as the bride to whom a prophet brings a message. And that message gives that bride an understanding that the church rejects. Because the, the description in Revelation 3 is Christ is on the outside of the church, right? But he's never described as outside the bride. But he's outside the church, knocking, trying to get in. He has no access there because they've turned down the word. But the bride is privy to an understanding. So he says, I'm going to call you bride. He says that you'll understand. Are we okay? Now, Brother Branham elaborates on this. And several times after this point in 1963, Brother Branham elaborates on this fact that there could be a church and there could be a bride come out of it. Just like there was Egypt and there was Israel that came out of her. Right? So you can have something and have a portion of those people come out. And that's, that's the type that he uses here. He says in 1960 here, he said the, the wise version, this is a series from which the church age book was written here. He said the wise virgin with oil in her lamp, she made ready. And while she was gone to get some oil, that's what they're trying to do right now, these great evangelical churches. Trying to find those things and go back to the Bible. And back, we need the Pentecostal blessing. Why, you can imagine what kind of service they're going to have. Wow. I wonder, was he talking about that day or this day? What kind of services are they having today? I always remember... I can't ever forget the image Sister Carol Henley painted for me one time when she went and attended a Pentecostal church where her granddaughter was baptized. And no offense, no criticism at all. But she said it was a great big baptismal pool that they had in the church. And uh, there was a bunch of people who got baptized. And after they got baptized, they all stayed in the water. They all kind of frolicked in the water a little bit. And the pastor got up in the back uh, of the baptism, did a backflip, and wound up in the water with them and you know, uh, playing around. And for Sister Carol, you, I mean, most of you folks knew Sister Carol. She was mortified. <laughs> she told me I was mortified. And I was mortified for her because she saw it. And so here's Brother Random saying there's, there's, there's people in the evangelical realm that realize, you know what, we've missed something. We've got to put something in in order to hold the people. We've got to put something in to keep the people. We've got to put something in there to replace the true presence of the Holy Spirit because if not, the people will stray. They'll move along. So we build a bigger, better, fantastic church. Uh, we build, you know, uh, a center. It's not a church anymore. It's a center. Uh, it has uh, probably 100, 200 different uh, organizations within the church, mother, daughter, mother, son, mother, grandson, 
Father, son, father, daughter, mother, daughter, all kinds of programs. They have Starbucks in the lobby. They have, uh, which is not a bad idea. They have all kinds of different things that are going on there, programs, you know, different things, schools during the week and everything else. And, and it's all because they, they want it to become a community. I remember when Andrew and Rebecca were living up in Washington and, uh, they said that this was, this was the answer, uh, for a lot of people who move into Washington because many of them are there for the four year cycle. Right? They're there for the presidency. So if, you know, if, if the Democrats get elected, all these Democratic people move into Washington. But they're only there four years. So they, uh, they, they want to have a community, a place where they feel welcome, you know, we're able to go to church and so forth. So they catered to that. And I'm not saying that's an evil thing. I'm just saying that to many people in the evangelical realm, that's what they view as church today, a place where I can feel welcome, I can do this, do that. Kids can be entertained. We have all kinds of programs. We feel apart and so on. But you know what? It's all nice. It's all good. It gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling. But you know what? It's, they miss the word. And I, I'm not being critical. I'm just saying that by God's grace, a prophet came, and the word of the Lord comes to the prophet. And if you're not getting, if you're not hearing from uh, God, in this hour, you're missing something very important that the wise virgin gets. Does that make sense? They've got oil. Oil represents the Holy Spirit, right? And so there's people, Brother Branham said, we're already moving into that cycle where they're saying, we need this. We need the Pentecostal blessing. We need something we don't have. And they're recognizing that already. And he says, you can imagine what kind of service they're going to have. And they ain't going to get down and spoil all that manicure on them. They're holding on to the world like Esau on one hand, trying to catch God with the other one. You can't do it. So I want to have the pottage and I want to have the birthright, uh, either one, but I'm willing to sacrifice one for the other. And Brother Bram says you can't hold on to both. Wow. That's, that's quite a statement, really, when you think about it. So then he said, in 1964, in his future home, Noah was of those type that were carried over in the ark. They went over the flood, they went through the judgment, and came out on the other side. Remember, Noah came out, Ham was with him, sin was still there. Sin went right on through the ark, unbelief, doubt, went over in the ark, carried above the judgment, but came out on the other side. So if, if all sin was destroyed in the flood, we would have had a millennium for the last 4,000 years. But we haven't, right? So sin got through somehow. But Enoch went higher than the ark, he went on into the presence of God. Somebody say amen. Somebody say, thank God that's me. Thank God I am free. I am glad. I'm so glad I can say I'm one of them. But Noah went through and came out and there was still sin type in the millennium of the world's condition. That's why they're not in the millennium. Okay? That's why they're not in the millennium. Bride's in the millennium with the bridegroom. thousand years of peace. Hey, if we've got to wrestle with sin during the millennium, it's not going to be much of a rest. I'm looking forward to the rest. I'm looking forward to the peace. <clears throat> All right. So some of you young fellows are in the uh, Bible, little Bible study that uh, is, is ongoing, which is great. And we're asking about the order of events in the last day. Here it is from Brother Branham, COD 1964. I think this is great because Brother Bam tells us exactly what comes next, 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 all the way out uh, to new heavens and new earth. So watch what he says. They're asking Brother Bam the question. The church age is ending, is blacked out. The bride is called. Have we already entered into the tribulation? I mean, is, have, we, have we missed a marker and missed something here? Brother Bam says, no, no, no. 
So then he carefully goes down through the list. And I love this list. I refer to it all the time. It helps keep me straight. He said, the bride, she's taken from the church. That's the first thing. God endeavors to take the bride from the church. How does he separate? He separates by the word, right? Right? Nobody forced you out of a denominational church. Nobody forced you out of where you were. The word drew you out. God puts a, God puts a receiving element in you and lets the magnet pass by and it draws everybody who's magnetized to that magnet or compatible with that magnet, right? <clears throat> then the church age ceases. In other words, it blacks out. No more light left in there. Laodicea goes into chaos. Bride goes to glory. Somebody say amen. And the tribulation period sets in on a sleeping virgin for three and a half years while Israel is getting its prophecy. So here you have an example of light and darkness at the same time. Because the church has gone into blackness, Israel's come into its light. Right now, the Gentile bride has light, thank God. You're hearing light tonight. Israel's in darkness. But I will tell you that Israel's waking up. But the bride is, the bride is at the tail end of the light for the Gentile dispensation. Church is moved in, moving into blackness. Then, tribulation sets in upon Israel. Then comes the battle of Armageddon, which destroys all things. Then the bride returns back with the groom for a thousand years, the millennium reign. After that, the white throne judgment. After that, new heavens and new earth, coming down from God out of heaven, and eternity and time blend together. Does that make sense? I'm so thankful he did that. I'm, I'm so thankful because that helps make sense of how all these pieces fit together. Some of the things are concurrent. In other words, they happen at the same time. Other things are uh, unique to a specific uh, period of time. They're a time slot, like the millennium. That's a thousand years. Everything else is, is, is paused, or everything else is shut down during the millennium. It's just Christ and the bride during that time. Okay? And then, uh, then things pick back up again. Satan is loose for a season, and uh, things pick up back again. Judgment, and then, of course, new heavens and new earth. All of this is God's mercy to get his people where they need to be. All of it is about God getting you and I and everybody else who is supposed to be there, there. All of this is about how God demonstrates his mercy in taking the people who don't deserve it to a place that God bestows upon them. He blesses them with that. I'm so grateful for that. I love his, when we talk about his mercy and his grace, I, uh, it's, it's amazing to me. It's amazing. His mercy is amazing. His grace is amazing. Everything about it is amazing and how forgiving and how patient he, he actually is. Now, <clears throat> again, here's Brother Branham now, and he says, I believe the church goes through the tribulation period, but not the bride. Watch the year, 1964. This is a really great sermon, Scriptural Signs of the Time. And he says, I believe the church goes through the tribulation, but not the bride. So he's comfortable now using this terminology, and you'll find him using it throughout the balance of 63 and on to the end of his ministry. The bride goes home. God brings a bride out of a church like he brought a nation out of a nation, Egypt, uh, Israel out of Egypt. He holds to this type very carefully. The bride, that's the remnant of the woman's seed, the elect. That's his business where he puts the pattern. But the remnant's what's cut off from the pattern. Okay, so let's say it this way. I've watched my wife do this many times. I've watched my mother do it many times. I've watched other sisters who sow do it many times. 
and they'll take a piece of material and roll it out. And they take the pattern. My mother used to iron the pattern so there was no wrinkles in it. And she would take the pattern and she'd put it here. She'd move it around. It was her choice. She'd put it on there. And she had chalk. And she would run that chalk down or she'd pin it to the material. And then she'd cut it, you know, and and go along uh, making sure she got around all the darts and all the other things that were on there. I, I watched her many times do this. And uh, then she would take that, pick up the remnant, and put it back. My mother kept every remnant, because she who dies with the most material wins, even though she is dead. And uh, she kept all of that remnant. The, the placing of the pattern was her choice. Well, she is. Uh, the placing of the pattern was her choice. Not that this is evil and this is good. It's just that this is where she decided to place the pattern. Okay, so <clears throat> Brother Branham said there's many brides, many churches, brides, brides, churches, 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 brides, but he said there's one that goes home with me. There's all kinds of sisters that are in the message, but I chose one, not because I hate the rest, but because I chose one. The basis of me having a bride is my choice, right? I made a choice. It's not that all the other sisters in the message are evil. It's just that I made a choice. And in the same way, God made a choice in placing that Lamb's Book of Life on that great material and cut a certain way is based on his choice. You'll have to ask him when you get there. Because God made that choice. And he said, that's his business where he puts the pattern. And the remnants, what's cut off from the pattern. The woman's seed was out in the outer darkness not the elected church. It's already judged and purified because it's in Christ. And it don't have to go through anything else. The others has to go through judgment because they weren't in. So therefore, there's a path for each one of these uh, categories, if you like, or these groups of people that we're referring to. Again, he says uh, similar things. When their eyes were opened in 1964, I'm not going to read all of these, but there are many. One of these days, he said, they'll get into tribulation. They'll say, I thought the bride was going. The church going into tribulation? Sure. The church is going into tribulation, but not the bride. Do you realize how people in the evangelical realm must have reacted when Brother Branham said this? I mean, think about it now. If you were in the great meetings, and Brother Branham's here in 1964, and describing how, yeah, church going through tribulation? Absolutely. Not the bride, but the church is going through tribulation. People must have looked at him and said, oh, I hope he's wrong. Because we're proud members of the church, Pentecostal church, this kind of church, that kind of church. And he said, but not the bride. So you must have had lots of people listening to Brother Branham saying, well, who is this bride? Aren't you glad you can answer that question? There's a lot of people who could never and can never answer that question, who Well, who is the bride? And you know what? They wind up in tribulation knowing enough about the Bible that would ask the question, wasn't there supposed to be something happen first? They know because they're living in expectation of the right thing happening at the end time. And they're actually winding up in tribulation asking, wasn't there supposed to be a calling out first? Why is this supposed to be first? And then the word says, if they look, if they research, if they listen, the word will say, she's already gone and you didn't know it. 
They'll be going on having church just the same. Imagine. Imagine what a feeling that is. Imagine what a feeling that is. It's the same feeling, sort of, that you have when you walk away from your vehicle and you just, just as a matter of course, check your pockets to see if you have your keys or not. And you go back and look in the window and see your keys dangling in the ignition. Time to call Officer B. COD 1964, after the bride is raptured, will any of the foolish virgin be saved or will they all be lost? These are great questions, but there's many of them because people wanted to know this definitively. Which group am I in? What happens to one versus the other? How do I know which part I am? No, he said, after the bride's rapture, will any of the foolish virgin be saved or will they all be lost? No. See, everything will be finished at the Gent- for the Gentile church when the bride is taken from the earth. Wow. There's a finality that occurs when the bride is taken from the earth. You can cry. You can come to an altar. You can go find, go to Jeffersonville and get a handful of dirt and an armload of books. When the bride is gone, the door is shut. Hello? Check your neighbor, see if they're still breathing. Watch what he says. At that point, the Spirit of God leaves the earth. He that's filthy, let him be filthy still. In other words, the sanctuary becomes smoky, where the attorney stands to plead the case. Christ leaves the sanctuary. Remember now, that sanctuary was where the mercy seat is. If there's no mercy seat, folks, there's no blood. If there's no blood, there's no forgiveness. Christ leaves the sanctuary. His day of mediatorial is over. His day of mediation is over. The rapture comes. He leaves from the sanctuary, goes and takes the book of redemption and claims everything he redeemed. I mean, I've got, I've got pages and pages of quotes here, uh, screens and screens of quotes here uh, that are related to this, that are similar to this. Now, um, but I, I want to sh- show you a little something here. Uh, that is interesting. In Matthew chapter 12, here's another category of people. I'm not going to be long, but listen now to what he says. The scribes come to him and they say, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God and there is none other but he, and to love him with one heart, with all your heart, with all the understanding, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. And to love his neighbors himself is more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, not wilily, but discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that durst ask him any question. Here are people that Jesus identified as being far from the kingdom. I don't know whether you've ever met anybody. I have. I've met a couple of people in my day who have not, they're not, they didn't live far from the kingdom. One guy in particular, Pete, you might remember years ago, we had a guy come clean the chimney. And uh, I don't remember his name. I don't remember anything about him. He was not a churchgoer, but he understood the scripture. He understood enough to know that the nominal church, the denominational system, had enough flaws in it that he didn't want to be a part of that. But he knew his Bible. 
And everything that I told him about the message, we got talking and chatting about things in our kitchen, and uh, we were going back and forth here. And, I mean, he was agreeing, coming right up alongside of what we, we believed. And, I mean, he, was, he seemed like a person who was very open. We eventually witnessed to him about the message and so forth. And I said to him one day, I said, you know, Bob, I think his name was Bob, but if it wasn't Bob, it is now. I said, Bob, you're not far from the kingdom. You're a person who's not far from the kingdom. Because... He was, his spirit, it wasn't just his words, because there's lots of people who quote the Bible that are only using it to trip you up. But Bob was, Bob was right there. I mean, you felt like saying, Brother Bob! You know, I mean, all I could do to hold back. And I said to, I said to him, I said, Bob, you're not far from the kingdom. I said, you're one of those people that are within reach of the, of the real kernel of truth that exists in this last day. And he, I don't think anybody had ever said that to him before. But Jesus listened to this fellow and what he had said, and he had got a lot of things right here. There's something about this person that when Jesus saw that he answered the way that he did, and again now, it isn't just words, but his manner of saying things. He said, you know, you're not far from the kingdom. All right, here's a quote. Rejected King, 1960, Brother Branham says, and she just stopped rubbing my back, and I was stooped over a little bit this way so the lady could rub, and we got to talking and said, Sir, I've always believed that if God was ever God, he's still God today like he was in the old days. Stop. What's a woman doing rubbing Brother Branham's back? She was a nurse. And Brother Branham was in clinic getting a physical. And she had taken alcohol that was rubbing his back. If you don't believe me, go back in the sermon. You'll find out where he's in the hospital getting ready for the physical exam. Because when I read that quote, because it just pops up as that quote, I went, whoa. (laughs) Okay. And so I went back. And she said, sir, I've always believed. Brother Bram was just talking in general to her as he often did, especially in medical circles. He often talked to people about healing because Brother Branham had a gift of healing, and this is very natural to him. And so he's talking a little bit about it, and they're conversing. And she, she said, Sir, I've always believed that if God was ever God, he's still God today, just like he was. And though my church flatly denies that, but I believe that's true. So here's someone who's standing above the teaching of their church. They're, they're siding on the side of Scripture. They're, they're believing the promises of God. Right? And Brother Branham said, I said, you're not far from the kingdom of God, young woman. And she said, if he was ever a healer, isn't he still a healer? And I said, he most certainly is my sister. He called her sister. Someday, Brother Branham said, those feet of brass will stand upon the earth. Judge of all the earth, he shall be. He will destroy the church systems that have taken his name only to corrupt its brilliance. And crush them along with the Antichrist. This is the judgment cycle. All the wicked, look at the list. The atheists, the modernists, and the liberals will be there. I never noticed he said liberals until yesterday. And I'm glad I'm not a liberal. I'm glad I'm a Christian. But I never knew he said liberals there. The modernists and the liberals, they'll be there. Tree huggers. 
They'll all be there. And when he comes, the books will be open. That's when the lukewarm church and the five foolish virgins will appear. And he'll separate the sheep from the goats. And he'll take over the kingdom. For it is his. He's paid the price for it. Do you believe that? With him will be the thousands times ten thousand his bride who come to minister to him. With him will be that group who come to minister to him. And if we have to be found in a position of judgment, we could judge no other way except by the word. Because that's how it all happens. Let me give you four screens real quick. We'll, we'll end right here. So I need you to watch the connection here that Brother Manna makes. Because he connects the shout to Matthew 25 here. Jesus said before the coming of the bridegroom, there would be a wise virgin with oil in her lamp and one unwise group. And the unwise virgin would wake up one day, wake up one day, and find out she didn't have any oil in her lamp when it come to the place where the, where the cry went out, behold, the bridegroom coming. And that's what the shout is now. Christ is coming. Do you believe that? That's what the shout is. The shout identifies Christ. It's a message that reveals Christ, right? Go to rising in the sun. Brother Bram said, those seals. He said, what are those seals? Those seals are Christ. The whole thing is about the revelation of Christ in the last day, which is not in, in its totality, but also we are a part of that revelation of Christ in the last day. And she woke up and found out she didn't have any oil. Oil means spirit. Spirit is what brings the word to life. And there's no more mediatorial work. When this happens... And they realize that Christ has been present in the form of his uh, word and, you know, living among his people in the last day. He said there's no more mediatorial work. After that bride is gone, she's taken away, and the church is left here. Whatever happens, happens now. Wow, what a statement. Whatever happens, happens now. You say, really? Like here, now? Yes. Whatever happens, happens now. So in other words, whatever decisions are made for Christ happen now. Don't wait, don't wait till you get up there. Don't wait until, you know, you hear Brother Barry saying, hey, get ready, it could be this week. Don't wait for that. There's no better day than today. There's no better hour than now. I've preached enough funerals of people that were taken out long before they had a chance to rectify or correct anything. Now she will have to go through the tribulation period, and the reason of it is because she rejected the atonement in its fullness. Brother Branham said, there's some people who have just been deceived, or they never told the whole story, or they were led by false shepherds, or what, there's all kinds of reasons why they didn't accept it in their fullness. But I guarantee you this, if you're a member of the bride, you will accept the word in its fullness. There will come a time. He said, she is a believer, a professed believer, but she will have to go through the uh, tribulation period. So the, 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 we're, we're not talking about quality here, but we're talking about election here, and the bride receives the me- message of the hour. Aren't you glad you're a part of that bride? That's all I want you to walk away with tonight is that, uh, you know, we're, we're glad we're a part of that bride. And God, by his choice, laid that pattern on the, on the material and cut a certain way. And you know what? He cut you in. I said he cut you in. We are blessed because he cut us in. You didn't ask to be cut in. You didn't even know that's what he was doing. But he did it. And he did it before you were here. He did it. Before you were born. He did it before the earth stood on its axis here. He did it before the foundation of the world. He cut you in. 
He had you in his mind. Wow, it was a glorious thing. And Deuteronomy, and I'm going to end with these two scriptures. As a matter of fact, we had the musicians, you just want to uh, slip up here quietly. December, Deuteronomy, December 29. Deuteronomy chapter 29. <coughs> I really shouldn't be here this weekend, even. I should be in Newfoundland, Canada, because my brother tomorrow turns 70. Huh. He's old. And he's turning 70. And as a result of turning 70, I saw what my family gave him as a 70th birthday present, and I wish I was there. I really wanted to be there this weekend, as I haven't been there in about five years or so. And so I wanted to go, but because of COVID and everything else. Anyway, so... When I saw what they gave him for his birthday, I thought, should have been there. They did a carving. The carving was in the form of a tombstone, and it had the scripture on there which says that a man's portion in life is three score and ten. (laughs) And then when you flipped the, the sign over, it said, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I thought, wow, I should have been there for that. The classic moment that I missed. I have a picture of it if you want to see it. But I'm here. What I want to leave you is a couple of scripture verses that say, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But these things which are revealed belong unto us and our children forever that we may do the works of this law. God doesn't hide things from us. He hid things for us in the last day. And he revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what's in darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. And in the new heavens and new earth, it says that the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth to bring their glory and honor into it. In this new city, there will be no need of the sun, because the Son of God is the light of that city. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, neither shall there be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. God brought you into light. You know what? By God's grace, we'll never leave that light. We'll stay in that light because that light will lead us into that kingdom and we'll be there in the wedding supper. We'll find our way through the millennium and then we'll find our way through the new heavens and the new earth and the new city. I think it's a glorious thing. That light come to you for a reason and God did that by his grace. It was not on the basis of your works. It was on the basis of his choosing. That's why you're here tonight. That's why you have the light you have. Let's stand to our feet. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Let's sing it tonight together. God is good. All the time, put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. And if you're walking through the valley, round, oh, do not fear, He will guide you, He will keep you safe and sound, He will never, to never leave you, nor forsake you. 
And His Word is good. God is good all the time. Put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. God is good. Yes, God is How about this? Oh, we were sinners, so unworthy, but for us, He came to die. Fill us with His Holy Spirit. That His love is everlasting. song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. His light will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I've got a I've got a revelation. God is my father. I know where I came from. Tells me where I'm going. And the gates of hell never prevail against it. I've got a revelation of predestination. I've got a Never prevail again. Praise the Lord. Let's sing that little chorus, that little song, I Would Not Be Denied. Uh, if you could pull that up there, Sister Emily. When pangs of death seized on my soul, that's it. You know what? I, 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 I'll say it this way. When the world is falling apart and everything around us is going down. I, you know, I listed some of the natural tragedies that are going on in the world today. And that's, that's kind of an ongoing thing now. I mean, it's kind of a, it's been normalized that there's a tragedy or a disaster or, uh, you know, a weather event or some sort of an event that's going on in the world almost every day. Multiple things now in, in the days that's happening. And it's, it's because I don't think it's people. I think it's the world falling apart. I think it's God getting ready to move it all back in the, the right position where it's supposed to be. And there's disruption when that happens. There's a, the death of something that another thing might be birthed. And he says, one thing's got to let go when something else is being birthed into the earth. And so here we are living in this moment when all of this is happening. And here we're singing positive songs and clapping our hands here because, you know what? God's taken the fear right out of the whole thing. He's predestinated you as a part of the wise virgin who has oil in their lamps. That's just the difference. You have oil in your lamp. Off you go. You're walking in the light as he's in the light. 
What a glorious thing. When pangs of death seized on my soul, unto the Lord I cried. Till Jesus came and made me whole, I would not be denied. Oh, I would not be denied. Yes, I would not be wonderful. He's everything, everything to me. He's everything, he's everything to me. He's my father, my brother, my sister and my brother. Yes, he's everything to me. Oh yes, he's everything, everything to me. He's everything. He's my father, brother, my sister, and my brother. He's everything. Switch it F, if you will. All, all hail King Jesus. All hail King Jesus. All hail Emmanuel, He's King of Lord of Lords, He's the bright morning star. 
service on Wednesday night, so we'll see you here, and then uh, we'll be preparing for the men's meeting on the weekend. Sing it as you go tonight. May God bless you. All hail King Jesus. All hail 